Hi, everybody. I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie now that if you haven't seen it yet on Netflix, you got to see it now. It is called Mank. It is about Herman J. Mankiewicz, a screenwriter. No one makes movies about screenwriters, really. But Mank was made by David Fincher and Herman J. Mankiewicz and the fight over who actually created Citizen Kane. My guest today is our friend Gary Oldman, who plays Mank. And, well, let's have him tell us about it. So, Gary, welcome. You're in public things. Yep. You, you don't look sick. You look ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So what do you want to know? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know everything. Because Herman J. Mankiewicz, who wrote this uh, with Orson Welles, and who yeah. Citizen Kane was nominated for everything and won only one Oscar, and it was for that. Yes. And we yeah. hear all that controversy. And as we watch this movie, we see Herman J. Mankiewicz as, a, as an alcoholic working in the golden age of Hollywood, but in kind of loathing old Hollywood for what it's done to him because his ambitions were greater than doing that. So to yeah. start right off, he's an alcoholic. Gary, where did you pull that from? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's no, uh, well, it's no secret. I'm, um, I'm coming up to 24 years sober. I have um, emotional recall. <laughs> I can remember. <laughs> I can remember what that, all that stuff was like back in the, uh, back in the day. Um, so Herman. Herman J. Mankiewicz. Well, I only knew going in his association with Citizen Kane. And I knew more about his brother, Joseph Mankiewicz, who had this incredible career. Um, Herman came to Hollywood from the East Coast with, I think... He had aspirations of being a great playwright or a novelist and considered uh, playwriting um, as a, a, a higher art form. And when he first came out to Hollywood, he was writing cards for silent movies. And by the time we see him writing for, uh, for Wells, you know, the talking picture was not, the talkie was not that old. It was still relative, you know, it was still relatively in its infancy. And I think a lot of these people came out, like Herman, um, they could earn far more money writing uh, scripts than they could writing copy as critics or journalists. And uh, so he, he came out but felt that writing for the movies was beneath him and had a sort of uh, really a contempt for it. He, he, he did not consider it um, uh, an art form as, as, we, as, as we do now. Um, and uh, so he came out and, um, uh, you know, was, was a writer in his own, in his own right. Uh, he wrote for the Marx Brothers. He was very he was uh, very influential in uh, the structuring 
of The Wizard of Oz, uh, a job he was fired from, but it was Herman's idea to shoot Kansas in black and white and then have Dorothy go into Technicolor. A good um, motion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, inevitable now, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and was someone who was really uh, very much a script doctor. You know, if, uh, if a script needed um, zhuzhing out and some jokes or it needed some fine-tuning, yeah, they would say, you know, let's, let's run it through Manx typewriter. People ask me what it's about, and I bring up Citizen Kane, and I bring up this was his, this was his chance to prove himself, even yeah. though he had initially said, okay, I'll just script doctor it or something. I'll just um, not get credit for it. And then he decided he had created something really good. And the, and the controversy is, who actually did this thing? You know, was it him? Was it Wells? Yeah, I think that the movie is not necessarily about an arbitration or a fight of, of the ownership of, of that. I, I think it's a movie about a very complex individual who is on a self-destruct mission. Um, I, I think Orson Welles, who uh, adored Mank, um, once described him as the perfect monument to self-destruction. <laughs> and that he was, um, he was someone that he said he was in his own trap of his own making and when he uh, when he could see an opening to get out, he would he would cover it all up and block his exit. He was in this. He was like so many, I guess, like so many alcoholics or, or, or creative people that drink. There's that feeling that they're a phony. Uh, Mank used of self-effacing humor, I think, to hide something that was that that, that was much that was much deeper. Um, but he gets this gig, and really the credit thing was a sort of safety net for Wells because he wasn't sure which Mankiewicz he was going to get. Was he going to get the guy who just gets drunk and doesn't deliver? Is he going to get a guy who just gets fed up with it and says, I'm back, I'm going, I'm going back to I'm going back to Hollywood, I don't want anything to do with it. And I think that once he started writing, this was it for him. He realized that, he, I, I think for, for a long time, he actually thought, you know what, this is pretty good. This is really good that, that I'm writing. And he did, he did, I think, uh, he flirted with uh, arbitration and then withdrew it. To get to get credit and 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 in the final analysis, Wells Wells gave it to him and he even and he on on the uh, on the billing on the contract he even moved the he even moved the names around and said you know really it should be it should be Mank first. Gary, you know the thing that really gets me in terms of watching the movie and what I didn't know about him was the fact that. He knew William Randolph Hearst, who is the basis, you know, for Citizen Kane, for Charles Forster Kane. He knew Marion Davies. I was recently talking to uh, your friend, Amanda Seifert. And again, 
these characters are personal to Mank. He knew them, they were part of his life. What was he doing to them by writing about them even obliquely, you know? There was a sense maybe of some kind of betrayal about it. I think it is very hard when you've, when you have met um, and uh, associated in any way with very colorful people mm -hmm. um, who, are, who are great characters. Um, I think for Mank, it, you know, what do you wear? Do you wear the friendship cap or do you wear the rider cap? And if you've got something really good, you know, I think it's, it, you're, you know, you're, you're torn between those, those two things. And as he says to Marion in the movie, he says, if this ever gets made, I'll hope you'll forgive me. Well, it is that whole thing about Hollywood. You know, this is a black and white film that is kind of a love letter to old Hollywood, but it's also done with wit and malice. You know, it's also, I hate this thing, you know? I love it and I hate it, which is more like we all think about things we're passionate about. And yeah. that's what makes it way more than a movie that's about what really happened and who wrote what. Uh, we see what it's doing to the people involved, especially men. Yeah, and I think David Fincher, um, I, I mean, you best ask him what his feelings are about Hollywood and about the industry. Um, in, in, you know, I could, I could guess some of what he might we might tell you. I can guess too. Um, it, it, you know, that's what made the script, I think, very interesting. It, in, in part, it was um, a celebration and an honorarium to the golden age. There's, there's no doubt about it that the man who made this movie loves movies you, and loves old Hollywood. I mean, you can, you can tell. But rather than just sugarcoat the whole thing, um, you know, he shows the uglier uh, side of it too. But he, he, he and his own father, you know, Jack Fincher is the credited screenwriter and he's dead yeah. now, but David has had this script that his father has written where they both have these, and again, behind the scenes, we're having pretty much what's going on in the movie itself, you know? He yeah. it, directed it, but his father wrote it. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, the story there, is, it's, it's interesting. I think once Jack Fincher had uh, retired and he loved, he was an avid, you know, a ferocious reader, read all, all kinds of writing, and um, said to uh, David, I'd, I'd like to sort of study screenplay writing. I'd like to kind of uh, have a go at this myself. And I think he had tried a few early efforts and, and, and said to David, you know, is it, it, what are you interested in? Is there anything that I could go and write about? And, um, and, and they both have been fascinated by Wells, Citizen Kane and Herman. And David just said to him, well, why don't you go off and write a script about Herman Markowitz? Uh, this is, I think, over 30 years ago now. 
Um, uh, David said that he did. He came back. Um, uh, David um, didn't like the script. <laughs> so I don't know. It's not very good. Go away and write another draft. That's right. You've got to tell your dad. Yeah. You've got to tell... Yeah, you've got to tell your dad that, that his script stinks. Anyway, they worked on it. He came back, and um, and it is pretty, really, pretty much the screenplay that that is uh, that has been filmed. And I think then, is it ninety seven something like that? They tried to get it made. Yeah. Um, and as you know, uh, uh, the studios. Uh, now we have streamers and we have these we, we have these other companies that are popping up but in the studio days you know it was they had a a foreign deal where it had to be so many minutes and it had to be color and no one i think really wanted to what they didn't want a black and white film back then um and so it's been collecting dust we got used to seeing you basically not looking like gary Mm -hmm. No, you played many roles like that where yeah. we can't see it. Mank is not a disguise for you. No, there's no disguise. Yeah. Um, well, David wanted me to be um, just naked and really didn't want any kind of veil or veneer between me and the audience. And I do like the dressing up aspect um, of of acting um i don't go out of my way to wear prosthetics it's not like i call the agent and say you got to get me a prosthetic role i mean these things have come in from time to time i read something today gary which i've never asked you about it turns out that your films over the years have grossed 11.1 i don't know where they got to point one 11.1 billion dollars so my question to you is where do you keep the money I'm sure most of it goes to you. We, we all know about you award-winning actors. Where is oh my God. No, listen, I read these, I read these things that, um, you know, they go, what's, what's someone's like net, net worth or whatever. And people's right. people, people, and people say to me, God, I didn't, my God, I didn't realize you got, you have all that money. And I <laughs> don't have that money. I don't know where they, I don't, know remotely where they got that number from i wish i did have that money but no i didn't i haven't i haven't i haven't seen any of uh, i haven't seen any of that <laughs> well, what is what you know we're all living through this pandemic this plague you know that makes yeah. i think everybody humble about who they are and and what life is like and how fragile it might be how are you dealing with life during the pandemic how has it changed? When you go to London to shoot, uh, what is the spy series you're doing for Apple? Slow Horses? Slow Horses, yeah. Yeah. Is it, you know, do you have to get tested all the time when you're doing this? When we travel to London, you get tested on a Monday, a Wednesday, and a Friday. And they've worked, I, I mean, I, my hat goes off to the production team and the producers on the show because they they have to wrangle a, a lot of people and a, a lot of elements 
you know, I, I tell you the hard, here's one of the hardest things I've found is I'm finding it hard to remember people's names Why did because you don't, that? yeah, because you don't see the face. <laughs> all these people that I've met, all these new people that I've met, and I keep, you know, and I'll say to my, uh, I say to uh, Lucy, who's, who's doing my makeup, and I say, that's, that's, so that, is that Bridget? And she goes, oh, no, that's Susan. And I go, well, the hair and the thing looks, to, to, and she'll go, no, that's Susan. So we've got Bridget and Susan, and they have long, dark hair, and I, we, and I can't tell them apart. So it's, 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 it's been very, very strange meeting people and i only know people by their hair and 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 and, and their eyes and their forehead <laughs> so you won't know them again when the masks come off it's <laughs> i will have to learn them all, yeah i'll have to learn it all over again yeah well you know just coming back to mank for just a second before we we end I'm interested in when you close your eyes, because I do believe that there are so many characters in you. You played in every kind of thing. You know, you played Dracula, you played Lee Harvey Oswald. You have played real people, you've played fictional people, you played some villains, you played some really good guys, you know, as well, like Churchill, despite the fact that he had a dark side. But when you think of Mank and you think of yourself in it, is there a moment in that movie, probably among many, that resonated for you personally when you can look at the movie and see yourself on the screen is there a moment in that that you say this got to me in some personal way that thing that mission that one is on to completely sort of self-destruct um i connected with um I, 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 in a way, I'd already, I'd done the research for it. There's a you go I kind of feeling about yeah. it too, because. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, there's a quote by Mank that really touched me. He said that, he said, you spend most of your life doing something that you really hate. And then you wake up one day and turn around and you're an old man. And I, that, that I, found that, I found that heartbreaking because all of that self-loathing um, and that feeling of, of inadequacy on all of those things are tied up very much with the booze. Mm -hmm. And... And you really need to, you're looking through, you're always sort of seeing the world through a fog. And it's not until you can put that away and, and collect yourself um, where you start to see things in, in, you can put things into perspective. I'm sure when you stop drinking, uh it didn't, it wasn't one day and then everything was okay. There's a period of adjustment in, in doing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a huge, there's a huge period. There is a honeymoon period where you feel that the, all the toxins and everything are out of your body. You feel more awake, you feel more alive and you go, wow, it's just fantastic. And then 
and then you've really got to, then you've got to sort of put in the work and and um, a, a day is you know a, a day is is a day sober adds up to two days sober adds up to three days sober and 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 thus it continues a day at a time and um, and I and I feel um, that. I was truly um, delivered from it. Mm-hmm. I I know people who have been sober longer than me, and occasionally, you know, they still white white knuckle it. You, you, you know, they'll be they'll be not even thinking about it, and they'll be in a restaurant, and a waiter walks by, and he's got a sort of foaming keg, you know, on a tray, mm-hmm. and they get that. They get that, oh God, that 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 feeling, and um, I've been that, that's in, in it's been removed. I don't, I don't, I can't even imagine uh, d- d- uh, drinking. It's like another life. It's like another person. It sounds like it, you know. And uh, I congratulate you on it. It's it's not an easy thing to do, and you did it. And you're still doing this work and you're making $11 billion. So we're all pleased for you about that, you know? $11 So Gary, as we end the show, always with you and everybody else that's on, uh, we, I need a song. And now Amanda, she said to me that you, you sang wicked limericks to her. Is that true? Um, <laughs> wicked. I, no, I made... I would write limericks with uh, Tuppence Middleton. Ah, and did you sing it for everybody on set? Uh, oh, no, not on set. Maybe, <laughs> may, may, may uh, maybe in a, in a measured tone in the makeup. Okay, a measured tone. I don't want a measured tone. I think we should go out celebrating Mank celebrating you and what you've come um, through. So I just want something musical from you in rhyme, a few bars of something that will take us out with a sense of joy in, in a time where everybody's got the pandemic blues. Make us all happy. In the spirit of Mank. Yes. Um, California, here I come. Right back where I started from. <laughs> Great, yeah. Open up your golden gate. You did That's it. it. Open up that golden gate. California, here I come. Oh, geez. Fincher could have and should have put that in the movie. Anyway, Karen, congratulations on this movie. It's just another one of the best. I'm sure we'll be seeing you all during award season where you'll have to do junkets and you'll go slightly crazy. But it's okay because you're happy. (laughs) Thank you, my friend. Be well. Yeah, nice to see you again.